Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811. You know, the story... Is Kim Jong-un dead, alive, just brain dead in a vegetative state? What's going on? Remember, it reminds me of General Franco, who was the dictator in in Spain for many decades, on uh, whether he was dead or alive, and he took him quite some time to pass away. It was a daily news report. They could put some really big, fat slob in a Chairman Mao outfit and have him walking away without showing his face, and everyone would think it's uh, Kim Jong-un. Well, Joe Biden was interviewed today by Mika Brzezinski. And um, I'm going to play this for you, big chunks of it, for a lot of reasons that we can discuss during and after. Many of you didn't see it because really very few people watch that show. This will jack up their ratings. I didn't watch it, but I've heard pieces of it. And I want you to hear pieces of it, too. So um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to start. We're not going to run the whole thing, but we'll play big chunks of it. We'll start right here, Mr. Producer, at cut five. Go. The former Senate aide accuses you of sexual assault. And... Please, uh, to our viewers, please excuse the graphic nature of this, but I want to make sure that there is no question as to what we're talking about. She says in 1993, Mr. Vice President, that you pinned her against the wall and reached under her clothing. Now, what they're about to play, I have never said. I have never said, and I'm never going to say. Because it's so repulsive to me. What he's alleged to have done. Go ahead. Penetrated her with your fingers. Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. Do you remember her? Do you remember any, any types of complaints that she might have made? I don't remember any type of complaint she <clears throat> may have made. It was 27 years ago, and uh, I don't remember, nor does anyone else that I'm aware of. And uh, the fact is that I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember any complaint ever having been made. Have you or your campaign, have you reached out to her? No, I have not reached out to her. It's 27 years ago. This never happened. And uh, when she first made the claim, we made it clear that it never happened. And uh, that's as simple as that. 
In the past 30 minutes or so, you released a statement on Medium, and among other things, you, you, you write this. There's only one place a complaint of this kind could be, the National Archives. I am requesting that the Secretary of State ask uh, the Senate ask the archives to identify any record of the complaint she alleges she filed. If there was any such complaint, the record will be there. Are you preparing us for a complaint that might be revealed in some way? Are you confident there is nothing? I'm confident there's nothing. No one ever brought it to the attention of me 27 years ago. This is any assertion at all. No one that I'm aware of in my campaign, at, excuse my, my Senate office at the time, is aware of any such uh, request and, uh, uh, or any such complaint. Uh, and, uh, and so the, I, 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 I'm not worried about it at all. If there is a complaint, that's where it would be. That should be filed. And if it's there, put it out. But I've never seen it. No one has that I'm aware of. All right. It's going pretty much par for course, right? It continues. Cut six, go. The New York Times has investigated this exhaustively. They didn't find uh, any of your former staff members were able to corroborate the details of this allegation. She did file a police report uh, a few weeks ago with the D.C. police. Um, But since you want to set the record straight, um, why limit this only to Tara Reid? Why not release any complaints that had been made against you during your Senate career? I'm prepared to do that. There, the best of my knowledge, there's been no complaints made up against me in terms of my Senate career, in terms of my office, and anything that's been run. Look, this is an open book. There's nothing for me to hide. Nothing at all. You were unequivocal, uh, Mr. Vice President, back in 2018 during the Kavanaugh controversy and hearings. And um, you said that women should be believed. You said this. For a woman to come forward in the glaring lights of focus nationally, you've got to start off with the presumption that at least the essence of what she is talking about is real. Whether or not she forgets the facts, whether or not it's been made worse or better over time. She's going to be going on national television on Sunday. Tara Reid is coming forward in the glaring lights. To use your words, should we not start off with the presumption that the essence of what she's talking about is real? She says you sexually assaulted her. Look, from the very beginning, I've said believing women means taking the woman's claim seriously when she steps forward and, and then vet it. Look into it. This, this, that, that's true in this case as well. Women have a right to be heard, and the, and the press should rigorously investigate claims they make. I'll always uphold that principle. But in the end, in every case, the truth is what matters. And in this case, the truth is the claims are false. Is it possible these claims are held in an NDA? Do you have any NDAs that have been signed by women who were employed by you? I have, there is no NDA signed, and no, no one's ever signed. I've never asked anybody to sign an NDA. There are no NDAs, period, in my case. None. Now, you remember earlier he said if there's a complaint, it would be at the National Archives. But is that true? Cut seven, go. The first is no, about your it. University of Delaware records. 
Do you agree with the reporting that those records were supposed to be revealed to the public and then they were resealed for a longer period of time until after you leave, quote, public life? And if you agree with that, if that's what happened, why did that happen? Because, look, the fact is that there's a lot of things that of speeches I've made, positions I've taken, interviews that, that, that I did overseas with people, all of those things relating to my job. And the idea that they would all be made public in the fact while I was running for public office, they could be really taken out of context. Their papers are position papers. They are documents that existed and, and uh, that, that when I, for example, when I go, when I met with Putin or when I met with whomever, and all of that could be fodder in a campaign at mm -hmm. this time. I don't know of anybody who's done anything like that. And so the National Archives is the only place there would be anything having to do with personnel records. There are no personnel records in the Biden papers mm -hmm. at the university. So uh, personnel records aside, are you certain there was nothing about Tara Reid in those records? And if so, I am absolutely certain. Why, not, why not approve a search of her name in those records? Approve a search of her name. Yes, and reveal uh, anything not, that might be related to Tara Reid in the University of Delaware records. There is nothing. They wouldn't. They're, they're not there. And if they, had, if it's, I, 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 you know, I don't understand what you're, the point you're trying to make. The point there I'm trying no to make is that you are. There are no personnel records by definition. The point I'm trying to make is that you are approving and actually calling for a search of the National Archives records of uh, yes. anything pertaining to Tara Reid. I'm asking why not do the same in the University of Delaware records, which have raised questions because they were supposed to be re revealed to the public and then they were sealed for a longer period of time. Why not do it for both sets of records? Because the material in the University of Delaware has no personnel files, and it has, but it does have a lot of confidential conversations that I had with the president about a particular issue that I had with the heads of state of other places, that that would not be something that would be revealed while I was in public office or while I was seeking public office. It just stands to reason, the best of my knowledge, no one else has done that either. Fascinating. I've got more, but I want to continue with this. Cut eight. Go. I'm, I'm just talking about her name, not anybody else in those records. A search for that. Nothing classified with the president or anybody else. I'm just asking why not do a search for Tara Reid's name in the University of Delaware records? Look, I mean, who, who, who does that search? The University of Delaware. Uh, perhaps you set up a commission that can do it. I don't know. Whatever is the fairest way to create the most transparency. Well, this is, look, Mika, she said she filed a report. She has her employment records still. She said she refiled a report with the only office that would have a report in the United States Senate at the time. If the report was ever filed, it was filed there, period. All right. Here's what I don't understand. Let's start unmasking some of this. And there's more that we'll get to in a little bit. 
Uh, Mika Brzezinski actually does a pretty good job there, doesn't she? You've got records at the University of Delaware and records at the United States Archives. Why are there records in both places? That's number one. Number two, wherever Biden puts his records, it has to be approved and sanctioned by the National Archives. So even though there may be records at the University of Delaware, it's always been my understanding that those still come under the auspices of the federal government, that is, the National Archives. The records he created as a United States senator, they can call them personal or otherwise, and you saw this in the case of James Comey, belong to the United States government. You have the Reagan Library. Presidents create these libraries. You have the Reagan Library, the Nixon Library, and these other libraries as an example. They can be privately funded. They can be associated with universities. But the fact is that the way they conduct themselves, that's, that is, the way they preserve the records, preserve the history, and so forth, is under the auspices of the National Archives. So when he says, go to the National Archives and do an investigation, I think the question should have been, well, why don't we look at all the documents so they're all, as they're all under the auspices of the National Archives and the, all the documents belong to the federal government? Now, you can donate personal papers, too. But if it involves Tara Reid, those are not personal papers. Now, she spent a lot of time on this issue of documents. A lot of time. And he gave very poor answers, very insufficient So for Mika Brzezinski, for her, this was pretty good. It wasn't good enough. But it was pretty good. And you can tell she was straining. She didn't really want to do this. She did. They're, they're buddies. And that's why Biden chose her uh, as the individual that, she would, uh, that he would communicate with. But there's a lot more information and questions than this. There, there's corroboration. There's a neighbor, there's family members, there's friends who she told this to contemporaneously or close to contemporaneously. Now, I knew as soon as we heard about this, we've talked about this for a bit, that they would try and drag the President of the United States into this, which they have. And I want to get into that in a minute. But the parallel is not with the President of the United States. The parallels the media have done to people like Brett Kavanaugh. Not the President of the United States. The President of the United States has never been accused of rape. And what you heard there, as disgusting as it is, they call it sexual assault. No, that's rape in most states. It's rape. You do not have to have actual intercourse for somebody to have been raped. Now, let's continue with this. What number am I on, Mr. Producer? Let's go with cut nine. Go. Let's talk about the criticism by some, particularly on the right. That the now, media now, this is, now, this is intended for us. Go ahead. Has not applied the same standard to this allegation against Biden as it did the allegations against Judge Brett Kavanaugh when he was undergoing his confirmation process. We think that's a good thing. The media should not apply what seemed to be a Kavanaugh standard to Joe Biden. The media should not apply the same standard most applied to Judge Kavanaugh to Donald Trump. 
The media should not apply a Kavanaugh standard to any public figure. The blanket and absolute standard of simply believing all women is a notion we dismissed here on the show early on. The standard for the media in covering sexual assault allegations needs to be to report the facts, listen to the accuser, and give the accused full due process, both men and women. We were very clear about that on the show during the Kavanaugh story. This is where her deceit is a marquee on this program. And this is an old trick that people play in TV and radio. They will show you cherry-picked examples of where they made rational statements. They will not show you the examples of when they went over the cliff. MSNBC and this program, The Morning Schmo, went over the cliff. Virtually every show did. Virtually everybody on TV, on MSNBC and CNN did. It was a mob. It was a mob mentality. They were going after this man. And nobody, but nobody remembers Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski standing up for due process and justice. Nobody does. So they say just enough, and then they put together their little montage. See, nobody should be treated the way Brett Kavanaugh did. Really? So what she's doing here, she's showing herself to be a quasi-tough questioner, but then she's saying, just follow the facts and don't treat him like everybody was treating Brett Kavanaugh. Now they're defending or, or outraged at the way he was treated. I'll be right back. Lovin. If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics, including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home. On demand and absolutely free of charge, Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can too with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story. It's a production masterpiece and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The problem with the interview, as I've listened to this, you want to learn more. You want to know more. And while she kept pressing him on the availability of records... There were other things that she easily could have pressed him on, and I'll discuss this with you after the break. We went long earlier. We'll be right back. If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics, including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home, on demand and absolutely free of charge, Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can, too, with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. 
Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story. It's a production masterpiece, and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin speaking to the four out of five Americans who are literate at 877-381-3811. Mark, what would you have done differently? A lot. Now, MSNBC and NBC have a significant research staff. And they would have found an article that I found. And there are many like it. And the Business Insider, hardly a conservative site, by Eliza Ryman and Sonam Sheth from June 19th, 2019, almost a year ago. And back then, here's what they wrote. Former Vice President Joe Biden is the 2020 Democratic presidential frontrunner, but he's faced some headwinds when it comes to his conduct toward women. Eight women have alleged that Biden either touched them inappropriately or violated their personal space in ways that made them uncomfortable. And Biden has also been criticized for repeatedly commenting on the physical appearance of women on the campaign trail and for refusing to explicitly apologize for his behavior. Now, who are these women? Well, here's eight of them. Allie Cole, C-O-L-L, a former Democratic staffer, former Democratic staffer, told the Washington Post that when she met Biden in 2008, he complimented her smile, squeezed her shoulders, and held her for, one, for a beat too long, quote-unquote. She initially brushed off the incident, but she told the Post that reflecting on it, she believes Biden's actions were inappropriate been a lack of understanding about the way that power can turn something that might seem innocuous into something that can make somebody feel uncomfortable, she told the Post in April. In April, and that would be of 2019. How about Sophie Karasek was photographed holding hands and touching foreheads with Biden at the 2016 Academy Awards. While many saw the moment as powerful, Karasek said she felt Biden had violated her personal space. She was one of dozens of sexually assaulted survivors who stood on stage while Lady Gaga performed Till It Happens to You, which deals with rape and sexual assault. And the photograph of her and Biden went viral. But Karasek told the Washington Post she felt the former vice president encroached on her personal space. She also said she didn't think Biden's two-minute apology video adequately addressed the allegations against him. Biden never explicitly apologized for his actions. And Karasek said... Quote, he didn't take ownership in the way he needs to, unquote. Quote, he emphasized he wants to connect with people, and, of course, that's important. But again, all of our interactions and friendships are two-way street. Too often it doesn't matter how the woman feels about it, or they just assume that they're fine with it. Amy Stokes Lapos said Biden, quote, put his hands behind my head and pulled me close, and I thought he's going to kiss me during a 2009 event. Lapos, a small business owner and Democratic political activist. These are all Democrats. 
said the interaction with Biden occurred at Greenwich, Connecticut, a fundraiser for Representative Jim Himes in 2009. Caitlin Caruso told the New York Times that after she shared her story of sexual assault at the University of Nevada event in 2016, Biden hugged her, quote, just a little bit too long, unquote, and put his hand on her thigh. It doesn't even really cross your mind that such a person would dare perpetuate harm like that, she told the Times. These are supposed to be people you can trust. D.J. Hill told the Times that at a 2012 fundraiser event in Minneapolis, Biden rested his hand on her shoulder and began moving it down her back. Hill said the encounter made her, quote, very uncomfortable, unquote. Only he knows his intent, she told the Times. If something makes you feel uncomfortable, you have to feel able to say it. Then, a year ago, Alexandra Tara Reed, Alexandra Tara Reed, who worked at Biden's Senate office in 1993, told the union that Biden would put his hand on my shoulder and run his finger up my neck. She also alleges she was told to serve drinks at an event because Biden liked her legs. Reed also told the union that when she refused to serve the drinks, her work responsibilities were reduced. And Reed alleges that she told Senate staffers about what happened, and Biden's office found out. Two months later, she left her job. Now, we now know that she's accusing Biden of molesting her, of raping her. It's pretty. Set it over there, she said. Then when it's too bright, you throw it away. So he made her feel like a piece of ornamental furniture. Vail Connor Yant, a former White House intern, told the Post that when she met Biden in 2013, he, quote, put his hand on the back of my head and pressed his forehead to my forehead. She also said Biden called her a pretty girl. <coughs> she told the Post she was so shocked by the encounter that it was hard to focus on what he was saying. She said she wouldn't classify Biden's actions as sexual misconduct, but added that it's the kind of inappropriate behavior that makes many women feel uncomfortable and unequal in the workplace. In 2019, as a business insider, not exactly a conservative site, Biden told a 10-year-old girl, I bet you're as bright as you are good-looking. The girl's teacher and mother defended Biden, but progressive critics argued the comments were further evidence the candidate's pernicious of unintentional sexism. In June 2019, Biden told the brothers of a 13-year-old girl to keep the guys away from her. The Boston Globe reported that the interaction occurred when Biden met a voter at a coffee shop, but before a campaign... You know, this goes on and on. And there's video of these, some of these uh, occurrences... So what Mika Brzezinski could have done with some basic research is go through these various cases. And there are many more of smelling hair, of touching people inappropriately and doing it often in public. But she didn't, to the best of my knowledge. That shows a pattern, not of sexual molestation, but it shows a pattern of certainly people called creepiness, it's actually a pattern of perversion. Now, I want you to remember Joe Biden used to hang around with Ted Kennedy, and the media gave Ted Kennedy a pass. Chappaquiddick occurred in 1969. And a young staffer to Robert Kennedy died in that canal. 
And the vast majority of media covered up for the Kennedys. The vast majority of the media covered up for John Kennedy and his affairs while president, including with an East German spy, including with a mob boy's boss girlfriend. Imagine if that occurred today. And Lyndon Johnson was said to be even worse. They cover up for each other. I mean, there have been allegations about people even at MSNBC. I won't name them. They know who they are. CNN and other places. Now, I don't know about you guys. Let me talk to the guys out there. As a father, as a husband, do you go around talking to people this way and touching people like this? Even when I was single, I didn't do stuff like this. It's so wholly inappropriate. It's very inappropriate. So while they got bogged down on the University of Delaware documents versus the archives and so forth, which is an important point, I just feel there was a whole lot more that could have been said as far as I'm concerned, given the public record as it is. I would have said, Joe Biden, what about this, 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 this? And what about your hearing with Clarence Thomas? You hold up Anita Hill? You hold up Anita Hill? Now people will look at you and consider you a hypocrite. The problem is, ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats have nowhere to go unless Joe Biden decides on his own to bail out. So they have to make a decision. Do they really hammer the hell out of him? And by the Democrats, I mean the media, too, to try and convince him or at least his wife to get him out. And then they have a sort of an open, uh, open convention, in which case, you know, Bernie Sanders might get, the, uh, might get the nod. But I also think that's one of the reasons Cuomo in New York chose to cancel the vote, to cancel the primary. In New York. Because I believe Bernie Sanders would have won a lot of those delegates. And what they might do, I suppose, if they can push Biden out, is nominate a woman. Maybe a woman of color, as we say. And then stand up and say, look at us, Democrat Party. Look how wonderful we are. Look how great we are. We stopped Biden. And now we've nominated a woman, a minority, be candidate for president of the United States. Then they'll wash their hands of the whole thing. They'll be so proud of themselves. They'll moralize how wonderful they've been. And then they'll start attacking Trump on womanizing. This is a potential game plan now that they could be hatching as a way to get out of this and as a way to turn the tables. Or some of these news outlets will, you know, there'll be a little bit of drip, 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 and then they'll just return to attacking Trump. I'll give you a perfect example. Kellyanne Conway today was outside the White House, and among other things, to talk about this. And what do you think the media did? And I want to remind the media that Donald Trump has never been accused of rape by anybody. 
Let's take a look at this. Cut 10, go. And I'm really disappointed in so-called prominent, powerful women like Nancy Pelosi, Amy Klobuchar, basically saying some variation this week of, but it's Joe Biden, we know Joe Biden, it couldn't have happened. Mm-mm. Believe all women. So stop right there, he says, but based on that logic, then, should the women who have accused President Trump, and she cut him off. But go ahead. Because you, you've at least covered that six ways to Sunday. Your network was way on top of that. I was on there constantly, as I was all your other networks, talking about that. So we've, we've done that plenty. Excuse me, you're not being fair to Tara Reid, because that equivalence, no, you're not being fair to Tara Reid, and people like Tara Reid, who have a story to tell. Right. Well, they don't care about Tara Reid. Tara Reid has been trying to tell her story for over a month. And it took over a month for MSNBC and the New York Times and the rest of them to even do one story or have a show that gets to ask some questions. They didn't want to interrupt, you know, Joe Biden's possibility of getting nominated. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? So I would ask this reporter, okay, should we talk about Lyndon Johnson? How about John Kennedy? How about Robert Kennedy? You want to talk about them? How about Ted Kennedy? You want to talk about them? No, they don't want to talk about them. Some people you don't talk about. Other people you can talk about till you're blue in the face. This is not about... Donald Trump. This is about Tara Reid's allegation against Joe Biden. I'll be right back. If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home, on demand, and absolutely free of charge. Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can, too, with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story, It's a production masterpiece, and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. So if I had to guess, if this continues, even if the media resisted, the Democrat Party resisted, at some point, they're going to pressure Biden to step out. I'm not making predictions. I'm just trying to speak logically and analyze this. If it gets too ugly, it gets too difficult, if their base starts to rise up, they may try and force him out and then say, hey, look. We'll pick a woman of color. Then they can't attack us. Then we can attack them. You know, Trump the racist, Trump the xenophobe, Trump the uh, misogynist, Trump the... Yeah, that's what we'll do. Now, you know they'd like to do it. So we shall see. 
Look, I'm not an independent journalist. That's not my profession. I'm doing my profession. I'm a constitutional conservative advocating for Americanism, advocating for individualism, advocating for liberty, advocating for the Declaration and the Constitution, advocating for private property and capitalism. That's who I am. That's what I believe in. That if you're an independent journalist, then these people should act like it. What does Donald Trump have to do with this? The issue is how reporters are reporting this. They're not reporting on Joe Biden the way they've reported on Donald Trump. They're not reporting on Joe Biden the way they've reported on, uh, on uh, Kavanaugh. They're not reporting on Joe Biden the way they reported on Clarence Thomas. And, right, and really, it's not even reporting the way they hammered these guys. That's the point. Joe Biden on the morning Joe today. There is this. Cut 12. Go. Over 600,000 dead. Many of them are people who are those, those, those workers, those nurses, doctors, some of them, because they have put themselves in a position to save other people's lives, protect the rest of society. And we talk about that number, like 600 plus thousand people. There's each and every one of them. 60,000. Yeah, 60,000. I missed 60,000, over 60,000 deaths. Mm-hmm. Another miscue there. Scarborough knows full well this man is not qualified to be president of the United States. They all know it. His wife knows it. Every newsroom knows Joe Biden's not qualified. His family knows it. This is why, not as a conspiracy, not to be a provocateur, but you just got to be mindful of an 11th hour act that they may try and yank this guy And the way they would try and yank him is to force him out, to force him to make the decision to pull out. We'll see. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I want to remind you that we don't need the government to tell us to help our fellow citizens. We can do this ourselves. More than 37 million are struggling with hunger every day right now. And they need our help more than ever. People who have never before needed assistance are in trouble, all because of the job losses, the shutting down of the economy as a result of this virus. And so this is the Feeding America Emergency Radiothon today that we're doing here at Cumulus Westwood One. I would ask that those of you who can to please help, please help us by donating now to RadioCares.org, RadioCares.org, just as it sounds, or by texting the word FEED to 95819, and we'll send the donation link right to your phone. The COVID-19 pandemic continues throughout the United States. 
And people are, are suffering. They're unemployed. Their businesses have closed. You know, I went to talk about it all the time, the bagel place near here. There's only one. So I go there, and, and it's owned and run by immigrants from South Korea, nicest people. And I obviously give them more money than, than the cost of a couple of bagels. And every now and then he slips in extra bagels in the bag. He's, he's a very nice guy. But I do what I can. Go to a hamburger place I like. I obviously give them more money. I do whatever I can. And this is one of the things I want us to do. And he told me today. He said, you know the florist next door? I said, yes. She just went out of business. Just think about that woman who owned that little floral shop. She's out of business. She went broke. She went broke. Nice lady. I want us to help the people we can help. We don't need to spend trillions of dollars in government money subsidizing state and local governments and so forth. We can help people directly. Please go to RadioCares.org, RadioCares.org, whatever you can offer, that's wonderful. Or go to uh, text the word FEED at 95819, FEED at 95819. And let's show, us that we, uh, show them that we Levinites, we can really step up. And I want to talk about another matter too. There's a lot more to get to, but you know, three hours, that's all I have. I call myself a constitutional conservative. It's a phrase before I got on radio people didn't really use. They call themselves libertarians, traditional conservatives. I'm a constitutional conservative. Because the Constitution encompasses virtually everything that I believe is right about a just society in terms of its governing wing. It doesn't replace faith. It doesn't replace family. It doesn't replace... uh, uh, it doesn't even replace the Declaration of Independence. It is the, the governing uh, progeny, if you will, of the Declaration of Independence. And I am so proud of those of you who are peacefully, legally protesting. I could not be more proud. We talked about this a few weeks ago, that I support you. Obviously, we're not talking about violence. I'm talking about those of you who are out there protesting. You know what's interesting? There's almost no violence going on. If somebody threw a Kleenex on the ground, you know, they'd have their cameras there telling about uh, how awful you were. I remember I was involved in the Tea Party activities. I remember how they reported about us. We have martial law something akin to martial law in some of these states, in California, in Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, something akin to martial law. I don't know where these governors think they get this power from. I don't know where these state legislatures are, why they're not fighting them. There should be litigation all over through these state courts challenging what's going on here. But your right to protest is not simply a state constitutional right. It is a federal constitutional right. And except under the most extreme circumstances, no governor, let alone federal official, 
has the authority to tell you that you cannot protest. I don't give a damn what any judge says. The Bill of Rights belong to the people, not to the governors, not to Congress, not even the president. They belong to you. The Bill of Rights are there to protect you from government. And they've been incorporated to apply to the states. This is why I'm a constitutional conservative. And this is why the Constitution is under an unrelenting assault by the Democrats in and out of the media. Unrelenting. These Sunday shows, do they ever talk about civil liberties? Do they ever talk about the right to protest? No, they don't. The media in this country is so corrupt, it's almost beyond description anymore. It's so thoroughly and utterly corrupt. It is so populated by leftists and Democrats at this point. A monopoly of thinking, the few exceptions, but a few exceptions does not make competition or diversity. A monopoly of thinking, a very small relative to the population cabal in Washington, D.C. and New York City. That's where these networks are headquartered. That's where these cable companies are headquartered. That's where major newspapers are headquartered. Everything is about government, the growth of government, the centralization of power, the magnificence of the bureaucracy, the magnificence of regulation, more and more taxes, more and more spending, more and more borrowing. If you want to know where the media stand, listen to what Pelosi says, listen to what Schumer says, listen to what any of them say. There's not a dime's worth of difference between the hard left leadership of the Democrat Party and the vast majority of hosts and so-called news reporters in any of these newsrooms. But circling back to these states, these blue states, you folks who live in these blue states, now you know why so many of your neighbors and friends and colleagues and family have left them. They take your money at a confiscatory rate. They give it to illegal aliens. They give it to other people. This is how they feather bed their political base and build their power. They destroy your voting system. They destroy your enterprises. They use your money to build up what is really their industry, which is government, and to use it against you. This guy, Newsom, who keeps getting celebrated, he is, he's fascistic. He's going to shut down over 800 miles of California's coastal area, except in Orange County. Why Orange County? Because Orange County, at least it was, controlled by Republicans. Now it is marginally Democrat, but still a significant number of Republicans. So he's focused on Orange County. Shutting down gun stores. These are fascistic tactics. When Andrew Cuomo ordered nursing homes, including private nursing homes and assisted living facilities, to take coronavirus positive patients out of hospitals to put them where the frail and the elderly are, he gave them a death sentence. 
I dare say the death rate and the absolute numbers of people who died in New York would be less, but for the fact Cuomo was governor. That's right, I said it. I've got the, the, the guts to tell you the truth. And you're talking about 25, 30% of the people who died are in nursing homes or assisted living. They're the elderly, the frail. Well, if you're going to target them, what the hell do you think's going to happen? Instead, they blame Trump. It has nothing to do with it whatsoever. No, it's Cuomo. It's Cuomo. And he'll never be covered properly by CNN because the dumb younger brother works over there. He'll never be co- uh, properly covered by MSLSD because you got Sharpton over there, who's an ally of the governor, among others. You got Andrew Lack, a left wing kook Democrat. Maybe he's not registered as one, but he sure as hell is one. Who controls NBC and MSNBC? It's like this Jeff Zucker. Mother Zucker. Over there at CNN, same damn thing. But I want to thank you people. You're not being thanked. I want to thank the people who have the guts to go out there and peacefully, civilly, exercise your First Amendment right to speak. It's in the First Amendment of the Constitution. It doesn't just say blowhards who work for media corporations get to speak. It says we all get to speak. All of us. We get to carry signs. We get to blow horns. We get to march. All of us. If it wasn't for the president originally planning the the seed to open up our government, six, eight weeks ago, excuse me, our economy, six or eight weeks ago, for which he came under immediate assault. And if it wasn't for you folks in these states who are speaking up and protesting, I'll bet there'd be 40 million unemployed. I could not be more proud of you. I could not be more proud of you. And I want to thank you. All the men and women who have worked throughout this period of time, putting food on our tables, farmers, ranchers, everyone in between, the truckers, the people at the grocery stores and the supermarkets, gas stations and gas station attendants, the people, often young people, working at the fast food restaurants, at the drive throughs the pharmacies, and I could go on and on and on. You are remarkable people. You are remarkable people. You know, just because somebody says, you're essential, doesn't mean you have to work. But every day you work. The doctors, the nurses, the technicians, the cops, the firefighters, the emergency personnel, on and on and on. I can't even name enough of you. You're essential. But it doesn't mean you have to work, and yet they work. They work. Even though in many cases, Washington has incentivized them not to work. By paying people on the lower end of the scale more money not to work than to work. I also want to thank you folks 
who run small businesses who are demanding the ability to open your businesses. The restaurant industry, the hotel industry, God knows how many other businesses and industries. You want to work. You want to make money. You want this country to go. And you've been raising your voices too. Thank you. Thank you. If we make it too easy for governors and others to impose a form of martial law, and let's be honest, that's kind of what's going on, being enforced by, by police and others. If we make it too easy for them, it'll become a habit. We have to make it hard for them, and we need to speak out. See what they just did in Canada today? With just one swipe of a pen, a signature by the Prime Minister there? They just outlawed, quote-unquote, assault weapons. I don't even know what an assault weapon is. Do weapons assault people? I don't know. Of course weapons don't assault people. People assault people. Just outlawed AR-15s and anything that is an assault weapon, anything that looks like a military weapon, just outlawed them. I'm a constitutional conservative. We've got a Second Amendment. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. like the former governor of uh, New York, George Pataki. You know, as New York goes, he was quite a governor, really. Not like the uh, moron that's in there now. And I want to uh, give kudos to Governor Pataki because he's one of the few with enough guts to go on television now and to point the finger at Cuomo. How the hell can you allow corona-positive people into nursing homes? Not allow it, compel it. All right, just sneeze to the truth. J.B. Pritzker is a uh, short, fat slob, but beyond that, he's another big-mouthed, incompetent left-wing Democrat. Man's a billionaire, and he's a leftist. They can afford to be billionaires, these leftists. They go untouched, and I'll prove it to you. There was a story uh, that while he has shut down Illinois with his uh, fascistic tactics, in my humble opinion. Uh, His wife and family members flew on their private jet 
to their home in Florida that's worth about $12 million. So while everybody else is faced with a stay-at-home order under penalty of imprisonment, apparently that doesn't include his wife. This is quintessential leftism. It's like Bernie Sanders talking about millionaires and billionaires, and then he becomes a millionaire, and then he only talks about billionaires. They have no intention of living the dreary lives that they seek to impose on the rest of us. None. Honestly, look at Obama. Look at the Obamas, Michelle and Barack. They have no intention to live lives of what? Equality with the rest of us. They ain't cutting deals, hand over fist, sticking cash in their pockets. Are you kidding? Preaching socialism and anti-Americanism has made them multimillionaires. Now, let's listen to this with the governor of Illinois, Pritzker. Cut 16, go. Where's the first lady? Is she accompanied by a state security detail? Has she engaged in non-essential travel? What is your response to people who say the stay-at-home order and non-essential travel bans aren't being abided by your family? I believe there's a report from Illinois Rising Action that says that she recently traveled to Florida. Well, first of all, I want to say that in politics, it used to be that we kept our families out of it. You know, my official duties have nothing to do with my family. So I'm just not going to answer that question. It's inappropriate, and I find it reprehensible, honestly, that that, uh, that reporter wrote a story about it. Well, yeah, it's reprehensible. Why? No, we keep kids out of politics, you moron. Except, of course, if they're the Trump kids. This guy, I'm going to get back to this. This guy doesn't get to get away with this. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. The land of the free and the home of the brave stays that way. Dial Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. Reminder, a big night on Fox this coming Sunday. Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, the President of the United States will be having a sort of a, a uh, an interesting kind of town hall meeting, I guess. Virtual, if you will. On Fox, 7 to 9 p.m., and my show will be aired in its old slot just for this one night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. So we'll be on at 10, and we are focused the entire program on the media. We're going to have Joe Concha, who is terrific, as you well know. Brett Bozell, who is terrific, as you well know. Joe and Brent are absolutely outstanding, and we're going to spend the entire hour focused on the press, the media in this country, with those experts and uh, they will uh, illuminate these issues for us. They're really, really good. 
and we're going to have a blast. So I hope you'll watch, and I think it'll be very intriguing for you. 10 p.m. Eastern this Sunday on Fox. If you haven't tried soup, I'm going to tell you about this. Have an open mind and listen to this. If you haven't tried Super Beats soft chews, I'm not talking about powder and water, soft chews. You're missing out because they have finally developed this. They have worked very hard. They've invested a lot of research and capital into this. So you can take this anywhere at any time. You don't have to have a glass of water and have the powder. These are soft chews, and they are terrific. Super Beats soft chews combine non-GMO beets with a powerful new ingredient, grapeseed extract. And you'll say, oh, for crying out, it tastes great. But it's even more important than that. The grapeseed extract is used in super beet chews. It's been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Better blood pressure means more energy, the way nature intended, without the jittery caffeine or stimulants. Now you can just take it two delicious chews a day. You know, I got a caution. You're going to want to take three or four because it tastes so good. Two a day. That's it. But you can take them anytime, anywhere to get the blood pressure support you need and the energy you want. Do what I did in support. Support your heart health with delicious Super Beats Chews. And get your Super Beat Chews right now. Here's where you go. LevinsBeats.com. That's right. L-E-V-I-N-S-B-E-E-T-S dot com. LevinsBeats.com. And when you buy two bags, my, my mouth's already watering. And when you buy two bags, they'll throw in the third for free. That's levinbeats.com, L-E-V-I-N-S-B-E-E-T-S.com, levinsbeats.com. I want you to give them a try. You're going to love these things, and they're very good for you. What, I can only eat two a day? That's it. The chews make it very, very easy and extremely tasty. I want you to listen to this Governor Pritzker again, a billionaire leftist. You know, his family owns the Hyatt Hotel chain. And by the way, they can get a loan. They can get a loan. While the president's family cannot for their hotels, this slob can. Cut 16, hat tip daily caller, a daily mail rather, go. Where's the first lady? Is she accompanied by a state security detail? Has she engaged in non-essential travel? What is your response to people who say the stay-at-home order and non-essential travel bans aren't being abided by your family? I believe there's a report from Illinois Rising Action that says that she recently traveled to Florida. Well, first of all, I want to say that in politics, it used to be that we kept our families out of it. You know, my official duties have nothing to do with my family. So I'm just not going to answer that question. It's inappropriate, and I find it reprehensible, honestly, that that uh, that reporter wrote a story about it. All you folks in Illinois, do you find this reprehensible and inappropriate? All you folks in Illinois, do you find this reprehensible and inappropriate? You have a governor that puts out an iron-fisted stay-at-home order. See, this is why the president didn't want to do this sort of thing nationwide or anything. Leave it to the governors. They'll make the decisions. Problem is you have some really bad governors, of course. And Illinois has one of the worst. There's like 10 really lousy governors. I would say eight of them are Democrats and two of them are Republicans. Hello, Marilyn. Anyway, uh, here's the story. 
As the governor makes regular public pleas, this is from Patch.com, Illinois, for, for uh, people in Illinois to be all in during the extended stay-at-home fight to slow the spread of COVID-19, Mrs. Pritzker has been out of state. Specifically, the First Lady's been spending time at their $12 million equestrian estate in Wellington, Florida, just down the horse trail from Bruce Springsteen, Bill Gates, and Billy Joel. The family purchased shortly after J.B. was elected governor last year. Not that I think there's anything wrong with that. First Lady isn't an official title. Mrs. Pritzker can raise cash for Illinois artists from anywhere. That's her big deal. She has no obligations to sequester herself in their Astor Street mansion in the Gold Coast when her family can hop on a private plane to stay at home in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, the family estate in the Bahamas, close to the governor's offshore bank accounts, and, of course, their place in the winter equestrian capital of the world in Florida. Besides, billionaires probably deal with the coronavirus-related lockdowns different from workaday folks. And, of course, he trashes the president, but the president has been holed up. The president hasn't gone to Florida. He hasn't gone to New Jersey. He's gone to Camp David. But he's staying in the area. It's not like our billionaire governor's family doesn't have a reason for time spent in America's southernmost red state. The first lady grew up riding horses in South Dakota. The Pritzker's daughter, a competitive show jumper, has been training in Wellington while her dad has been getting to know reporters better during his daily pandemic news conferences. And one of the Pritzker's horses had a foal last week, according to Instagram. But there's no getting around the ironic political intrigue of Illinois. First Lady quietly spending time out of the public eye at one of the family vacation homes while so many non-billionaires financially and emotionally struggle under her husband's newly extended coronavirus stay at home order, the second longest in America. Certainly there must be a reason that Illinois' First Lady's coronavirus response has differed from the spouses of other prominent elected officials. Maybe that's how rich people work remotely. Or she's following the prevailing migration trend. In 2018, according to the IRS report released in January, about 24,000 people in Iowa moved to the Sunshine State, a land of balanced budgets, lower tax burdens, and a AAA credit rating. And so what's his response? To attack. And this local reporter, Mark Hunkel, is a recipient of the 2011 Pulitzer Prize for local reporting. Although Pulitzer Prizes aren't what they used to be. I mean, you got Tom Friedman with four or five of them, and that guy's a nut. Of course, you have Walter Duraney 100 years ago. He got one for being a propagandist for Stalin. So they're not what they, maybe they never were what they were supposed to be. But you know what's interesting, Mr. Producer? Pritzker's not alone. No. I'm going to, to get into a little bit of troubling territory here. This from the Daily Wire. Ready, folks? Michelle Obama warns black Americans to stay home to guard against the virus. Then her husband reportedly goes golfing. Last Saturday, former President Obama reportedly went golfing at the Robert Trent Jones Country Club in suburban Virginia, where he's a member, according to Politico Playbook. It's a little too close to my home front. But two days before that, two public service announcements were released in which his wife, Michelle, urged black Americans, just black Americans, to stay at home. She stated in the 60-second version, this couple is such a fraudulent couple, it's unbelievable. 
Hi, everybody. It's Michelle Obama. Our communities are among the hardest hit by the coronavirus, and we have got to do everything we can to keep each other safe. That means staying home, because even if we're not showing any symptoms, we can still spread the virus to others. So for now, if you want to catch up with someone you love and get together for dinner or church or a birthday, we have to do it over the phone or by video. Or, of course, through the golf club. And if you have to go to the grocery store, the doctor, or take a walk to stretch your legs, just stay six feet away from others and wash your hands before and after. But remember, our medical professionals and so many others are risking their lives for all of us right now. And the least we can do for them and for all the people we love is to stay home whenever we can. Thank you so much and God bless. Then there's a 30-second version. And by the way, I don't stay home. I told you, I put the mask on if I need the gloves, depending on where I'm going. Notice we all look like proctologists now, Mr. Producer. Have you noticed that? Everybody's walking around with the rubber gloves. And I've got, don't get near me. I mean, I don't need to be told about the six uh, six foot rule. Somebody's walking around with rubber gloves and a mask. I tell them, stay away. Because we all look like proctologists now. Anyway, let me go on. 32nd Michelle Obama. uh, State uh, a commercial. Hi, everybody. It's Michelle Obama. Our communities are among the hardest hit by the coronavirus, and we've got to do everything we can to keep each other safe. That means staying home because even if uh, we're not showing any symptoms, we can still spread the virus to others. Let's keep each other safe for just staying home. Thank you so much, and God bless you. And two days after her husband went golfing, a public service announcement was released to the residents of Washington, D.C., in which Michelle urged people to stay home. And she said at the behest of the Washington, D.C. officials, remember, we urge you to stay home except if you need essential health care, essential food, or supplies, or go to your essential job, or your name's Barack, and you want to play golf. No, I just threw that in there. A government chauffeur drove Barack Milhouse Benito Obama to his golfing expedition, according to Fox News. Virginia Governor Ralph Northam... What a humiliating embarrassment. Issued an executive order on March 30 stating that as long as social distancing practices were observed, engaging in outdoor activity, including exercise, providing individuals comply with social distancing requirements, was permitted. The New York Times reported on April 20 that Governor Ralph Northam, who shut down schools and non-essential businesses and banned gatherings of more than 10 people, had said that issuing a stay-at-home order was a matter of semantics. But after seeing beaches and other public areas packed with people, he used a formal order. It's clear more people still need to hear this basic message, stay home. But why should Pritzker's wife stay home? Why should Michelle's husband stay home? These are sickening hypocrites. Disgusting. While Americans want to peaceably, civilly, constitutionally protest and are trashed and trashed and trashed the by the um, the obamas have always been class a hypocrites they would never live the way they insist that the rest of us live same with this clown in illinois none of them all of them same thing i'll be right back much love in
ExpressVPN is the software that I and thousands of Levinites use every day to protect our data online. There's an awful lot of people, record numbers, who are online. In the time since I started using ExpressVPN, hacking methods have grown even more sophisticated. As an individual internet user, you don't need an IT department to protect you from the online threats. What you do need is ExpressVPN. You might be thinking that security threats don't affect you personally, but that's wrong. It's the wrong way of thinking about it. Not using ExpressVPN is like leaving your front door unlocked every time you go out. Nothing might happen for years, but when a break-in does happen, it's devastating. And one of the easiest ways to secure your internet data is with ExpressVPN. You click one button on your computer or smartphone and you're protected. So there's no reason not to do this, really. You need to protect yourself. If you don't protect yourself, nobody else will. You need to keep your privacy and keep your data. Nobody else will. So visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com slash mark, and you'll also get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash mark. Protect your internet today with a VPN I trust to keep my data safe expressvpn.com slash mark to get started. All right, Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? All right, Miguel in New Mexico on the Mark Levin app. Go! Hello, Mark. This is Miguel. I'm calling from Gallup, New Mexico. Uh, We're in McKinley County, which is the poorest county in New Mexico. Um, You know, this coronavirus came out about a month ago, And when it came out, I knew that this area would get hit the hardest. I've heard everything about uh, New York and California and Washington. Um, Why didn't our governor see this coming? Um, We are surrounded by Native American reservations. The unemployment rate on the reservation before this coronavirus came out was 48 Mm -hmm. percent. It's extremely poor. It's a, a you know, everybody's living on assisted living uh, from the government on the reservation. Not everybody, but a lot of them. And um, right now in Gallup, New Mexico, we are in lockdown. Uh, we are in lockdown till uh, the 4th of uh, this month. Um, nobody can come into the town and we cannot leave. Um, you know, the state police and the um, National Guard are every entrance of the town um, blocking progress into the town or exiting the town. I heard about that. Send in the National Guard. Yes. If you're on I-40 and you're coming to Gallup, New Mexico, through Gallup, you cannot stop to get gas. You cannot get a hotel room. You cannot stop to get food because the entire town is on lockdown. Um, yesterday, the, uh, the mayor of Gallup uh, here asked the governor, who I cannot wait to vote against in this upcoming election, asked her to um, declare this town a state of emergency. And so that was yesterday. Today she did. And now, um, you know, I can't leave the town um, at 5 p.m. tonight. I can't I, I, did you ever in your life think that you would be confronted with something like this? N- no, sir. No, is, sir. Is I... this the closest thing to martial law that's ever happened? Absolutely. It's Absolutely. unbelievable. About uh, 40 minutes ago, you, know, you were on uh, talking about, you know, other, other areas of the country and your opinion on, you know, what you and I are discussing. And... I just had to call in, and I want I want everybody to know what is going on here in Gallup, New Mexico. 
um, you know, I, I, I hate repeating myself, but like I said, we are surrounded by a lot of um, Native American reservations, and you know, the 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 poverty there is 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 through the roof. I know, but what does that have to do with anything? We're talking about well, the virus. I just, I just, I, I want to make the point that I don't understand why this governor that we have, Michelle Lujan Grisham, didn't see this coming. Because her name is Lujan. That's how she got elected. You know that. Yep. Yep. There's a uh, famous family, both by on both sides of the both parties, by the way, Lujan, but. The Democrats now seem to have, uh, or they're trying to have an iron-fisted control over that state. But I, I want people to realize that it is these these hardcore left-wing Democrat governors who call out the state police, who are calling in the National Guard, who are cutting off roads, who are ordering nursing homes to take uh, virus-infected uh, individuals, who are shutting down uh, gun stores, who are threatening uh, people of faith and churches. And on and on and on. These are not Republican governors for the most part. These are, unless, of course, you live in Maryland, uh, where Hogan is basically a putative Democrat. All right, sir, I appreciate your call. Mr. Producer, who's next? WMAL, Jeff. Go right ahead, sir. Hello, this is uh, Jeff. Yes, you are. Go right ahead. And thank you for having your show. What I want to say, being a, uh, a member of the Washington Democratic Commune, is that um, our mayor, along with these other governors and mayors, are violating our Ninth Amendment rights. Well, they don't you even know? think about the Ninth Amendment. The Ninth Amendment really is, it, the way I argue it, is a representation of the Declaration of Independence. In other words, they're violating your unalienable rights. And they seem to do so with much glee, sir. I apologize to you, Jeff. I got to go. A hard break. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You out there. You must smile and laugh as I do. We've been talking about the violation of civil liberties. I've been encouraging people to peaceably protest now for some time. You're free to exercise your federal First Amendment, whether people like it or not. And you can do so in a way that doesn't violate any law. You can do so six feet apart or whatever. Have you noticed now others in the media are picking up on this, Mr. Bedusa? It is funny. They are so gutless. It's important that they do. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to discourage it. I don't want to discredit it. I'm just saying it's incredible. And it's important. Because I am very, very troubled by, by these governors in these blue states who would all want to be president. 
this guy Hogan, a Republican in Maryland, but he might as well be a Democrat. That's how he gets elected. No discussion of civil liberties, no discussion of the Constitution, state or federal. Happen to unleash their police forces. I'd like to see a little bit more even uh, passive resistance by, by police forces all over the country to these politicians, many of whom hate their guts to begin with. But this should tell a lot of you who claim to be independent, who think Trump's the problem and so forth. Trump has not lifted his fist, let alone an iron fist, against anyone. It's been these leftist governors. They're the ones throwing around edicts and fiats and orders. I'm quite serious. We've got all kinds of surveillance going on. We have the the mayor of New York, and he's not the only one telling people to rat on each other. This is, this is fascism. This is the Third Reich-ism. This is communism. It's all those isms. It's not Americanism. And I, and I wonder, as these federal judges watch this, and many of these state judges watch, what are they thinking? What could possibly be going through their heads? It's not enough to say we have a pandemic. Millions and millions of people have not died, and they haven't died. Not because everybody's being forced at home and so forth and so on, because they were never going to die, with all due respect. Based on false models and false data and the hubris of these governors. People have lost their livelihoods, they've lost their jobs, they've lost their businesses, they've lost their self-respect running to the government for loans. It's incredible. And when it's all said and done, what are we going to have? I'll tell you what else is incredible. The media coverage of this. You go to the Drudge Report, which I don't anymore. You go to Mediaite. You go to these other sites. They endorse all this stuff, pretty much. They're not speaking out against this. You won't see link after link after link of scholars, of hosts, of articles, of individuals opposing what's happening to our country. Do they not understand that they're next in line? An emergency can be an excuse for anything. Once you can attack somebody's civil liberties and their free speech and their right to association, what's to stop them from attacking other parts of the First Amendment? Nothing. We've got one justice with enough guts on the Supreme Court to say, no, 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 I want to look at this. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court, filled with liberal Democrats, just matter-of-factly and quickly rejected a case by a person running as a delegate in small businesses saying that this governor, this left-wing kook governor of Pennsylvania, doesn't have the power to do what he's doing. Supreme Court says, oh, yeah, he does. Goodbye. Well, guess what? They've appealed it to the United States Supreme Court, and Sam Alito, the justice that oversees that part of the country, he said, wait a minute, I want to hear this. You have till May 4th, Monday, Pennsylvania governor, to explain yourself. We have an attorney general of the United States who the Democrats tried to remove from office, held him in contempt. He sees the problem. He sees it. He's telling U.S. attorneys around the country, keep an eye on this stuff. Keep an eye on this. And he's right. 
And we've been leading the charge behind this microphone. Week after week, month after month. Steadily, relentlessly. Questioning. Questioning. And for that I get attacked by the media. Which should be doing the questioning. These governors view themselves as our saviors. They're not our saviors. Most of them are putrid. They've never had so much media attention. And the ratings are going through the roof. You want to know why? Not just because the media celebrates them, but because many of our fellow citizens are fine with living under tyranny. They don't understand it. They don't get it. Many of them, more and more of them, are getting their goodies from government. And now, as a result of this virus, even more of our fellow citizens are getting used to getting money from the government. Because the government has put them in the position where they have to ask for money because they're going broke. Pretty neat, huh? People are on the beach. Six feet apart. Newport Beach. Huntington Beach. Orange County. Governor, I told you to get off those damn beaches. And now I'm going to really enforce this, strictly enforce this. We're going we're gonna to really deal with you now. We told you these beaches are closed. And you little bastards, you don't listen to us. You listen to me. I'm the governor. Three cheers for the mayors in these areas that are taking the governor to court. And what will the courts do? What will the courts do? Are they going to uphold our civil liberties? Or that's just for Nazis marching in Skokie? They're going to uphold our civil liberties or not? Maybe they'll create a new standard, a super duper strict scrutiny standard. That before you trash the First Amendment of the Constitution and the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution and the Ninth Amendment to the Constitution, before you trash the federal Constitution and the Bill of Rights, you better have a pretty damn strong reason other than there's a virus. And here's the thing. Think about this, seriously. I think about these things all the time. It's the hard left, these governors, progressives, their ideologues, their media, that want us to live in smaller and smaller quarters, on smaller and smaller pieces of land, preferably in densely built high-rises, using public transportation. Where these pandemics take off like nothing else. And now they're telling us to separate. Stay in your house. Well, if we all had a piece of land, a quarter of an acre, half acre, whatever it is, we wouldn't really have to stay in our house, would we? So why don't they reverse course and tell people, you know what, forget about this dense living. Maybe you should live out in areas, you know, which are a little bit more affordable, where there isn't public transportation. No, 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 no. Because first and foremost, they're left-wing kook ideologues. The entire progressive ideology, this is why the, green, the, the new green movement or the green new movement or whatever, the movement of the bowels, whatever they call themselves. This is what's amazing. They would take our cars away. They would take our homes away. They'd force us into more and more 
condensed areas, so you have dense populations using public transportation. The freest people in this country, the people who live in the country, in the rural areas, they are now the freest people in this country. They're already six feet apart from everybody else. They're already pretty much self-sufficient. And they're now the freest people in the country just by geography, aren't they? I want you folks who have a hate on for Donald Trump to listen to me a second. Look at what these governors are doing, some of them. Do you realize this president could have done what Governor Cuomo and Governor Newsom, Governor Pritzker, Governor Murphy, all the rest of the lowlifes, excuse me, governors have been doing on a national level? And he would have been applauded by the media. They would have said, now he's really taking effective action. He was strongly pushed to do that by Pelosi and Schumer. He needs a general in charge of everything. That's Schumer. Wrong country and wrong, wrong century, you schmo. And a general in charge. Pelosi. It's got to be nationalizing business decisions and industries and material. We need more ventilators. Ventilator. No. Do you realize how much self-restraint Donald Trump has had? You see the power going to the heads of some of these governors? Can you imagine being president of the United States and having a hundred times more power? And you would have been celebrated and your ratings going through the roof if you did your best FDR? Can you imagine? Boy, he took the he took the horse by the reins. He took the bull by the horns, this guy, Trump. You know, he didn't just leave it to the states and the my God, look how he's kicking around these companies. He's taking control of them. We've never seen anything like this before. It's unbelievable. It's really good. You know, just grab it. Good liberal. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The left is totalitarian. The left is totalitarian. This is why they hate you. They hate protests unless it's them protesting. They hate elections unless they win. Unless they win. They hate the Constitution, but try and pretend and twist it and camouflage their tyranny using it. And they only like a free press if they're running it. Otherwise, they attack Fox, they attack me, they attack talk radio, they attack any little, any little platform that doesn't embrace their ideology. I want you to think about this. Then I want you to look at the governor of Florida. This guy is top shelf, DeSantis, comes under brutal attack by all the left-wing kook newspapers in Florida, of which there are many. Miami Herald, the uh, Palm Beach Puke, and all the rest of it, right up the coast there. And he persists and he resists and he does the right thing. You look at the governor of Texas, same thing. And some of the other states, the governor of Arkansas, the governor of Nebraska, the governor of Oklahoma. Mark, they don't have all this density like New York City does. But other cities are like New York City, not as big. And they didn't have the same problem. Why is that, ladies and gentlemen? Could it be because some of the early decisions were really, really bad? In addition to everything else. Yes, it could be. 
Will that change the voting pattern of the left-wing kooks in New York City? No. It won't change it at all. This is why New York is depopulating itself. This is why in the last 15 years, Florida's population is massively increasing and New York's population is massively decreasing. You don't want to leave your family, your, uh, your, where your family started generations ago. You don't want to leave your home. You don't want to leave what you're familiar with, but you have to. Because you're a rational human being who wants to take care of himself or herself and your family and have a pension. and You can't survive in this environment. That's why California's depopulating except for the fact of illegal aliens. Why do you think the Democrat Party wants more and more immigration, particularly illegal immigration? They vote Democrat. And really, they don't know the Constitution. I mean, even people have been here for generations on the left. They don't know the Constitution either. If they know it, they hate it. All right, I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Hal Raines is the former New York Times editor. He's very proud of the fact that he uh, worked so long, was such a senior position in a newspaper that covered up the Holocaust, and uh, was a propaganda tool for Stalin in the early part of the last century. But nonetheless, cut 14, go. As Americans, Brian, we're not used to dreading the future, nor are we used to fearing our president. But the fact is that we are living through now a failure of presidential leadership so epic, so sweeping. Shut up, you idiot. And this is what runs our media, by the way. Fools like that. You know what he sounds like, Mr. Producer? Like he's sitting on a toilet speaking in the bathroom there. You know, uh, Brian. He's talking to Brian Williams. How is Brian Williams still in the media? How's he still in the media? He should be cleaning toilets at Dunkin' Donuts. I don't even think he's qualified for that, and I have nothing against that, per se. You know, Brian, uh, we here, we're fearing our president. Uh, the fact is that we're living through now a failure, President. So epic, so sweeping. Historians, and go ahead. That historians and political professionals will be studying it for decades. You're such a, you're such a jackass. You really are. These guys at the New York Times, historians 
and political professionals. No, they'll be studying your crap newspaper and the 1619 Project, which has as its purpose to destroy the core values of this nation. And your crap newspaper that covered for Stalin. And your crap newspaper that covered for Hitler. That's right, I said it. And your crap newspaper that still hires anti-Semites. Oh, we're so proud to work here at the uh, New York Times here. Oh, we got Maggie Herberman. Who else do we have here at the New York Times? Well, such a fascinating progressive newspaper here at the New York Times. Yes, we are. Except for the Washington Compost. What a, where's our friend Philippi, uh, Phil Bumpy, Mr. Producer? We don't hear from Philippi anymore. Philly, Philly, where are you? Another uh, rat's nest, quite frankly. If our president was like Franklin Roosevelt, he would have sicked the IRS on these newspapers. If he was like the great Abraham Lincoln, who was great, he would have shut down these newspapers. Or like the bigot, racist Woodrow Wilson, great progressive who the Democrats loved. He would have imprisoned individuals who are working at these newspapers. Donald Trump. Just gets in arguments with him. Oh, my God, such leadership, lack of leader. We need a strong leader like FDR who uses the IRS against his opponents, who's rounding up people because of their ethnicity, who's destroying our economic system, who's turned our Constitution inside out. That's the kind of leader we need. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, that's what we need. How? How rains? How does it rain? How? And he's not the only one over there. He's not the only one over there. And it's not just that newspaper either. This is how that, like that Andrew Lack, that idiot over there at NBC and the MSNBC. You know what? This is really the golden age of, no, it isn't. It's the uh, yellow journalism. It's exactly what it is. It's disgusting. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Right versus left is right versus wrong. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. Mark Meckler, Convention of States. How are you, sir? Very good. Good to be with you, Mark. Good to be with you. Now, as you may know, I've been encouraging civil, peaceful protests around the country. 
because people have a right to, to protest to have their lives back. And uh, as I understand it, your organization has been involved in encouraging people to do the same. Do you want to explain? Sure, Mark. And one of the things we saw early on, it felt a lot like the Tea Party movement, all these spontaneous protests erupting. I obviously have a lot of experience there. And so we decided to set up a central website. It's called OpenTheStates.com, where folks can go and they can find information on all the protests in all the states. So all the organizers are going there. They're listing their protests. Another big reason for this, Mark, is Facebook is censoring some of this stuff. And they're kicking some of these groups off the platform. We wanted to make sure that they had a home and a place where they wouldn't be censored. So let's get that again. What is it called? It's OpenTheStates.com. And there's a few things you can do there. You can go there and you can sign a petition to the president and the vice president to encourage them to continue their leadership in opening, opening up the country. You can send uh, emails to your governor, your lieutenant governor, your state legislators, all very easy, automated. So far, two and a half million people have interacted with us on this. We've sent hundreds of thousands of petitions to elected legislators, and it's actually starting to have an effect all across the country. All right. So, uh, Mr. Producer, let's go ahead and post that on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, OpenTheStates.com, OpenTheStates.com. I encourage you to go there, ladies and gentlemen. And um, let me ask you this. Are you kind of monitoring where these various activities are taking place and also are we making sure that we're just, you're just aligning with these protests, you know, not the nut jobs, you know, like yeah, the, you know, yeah. absolutely, Mark. And one of the things that we actually say on the website is we want people to be safe. We want them to be intelligent. We suggest people follow CDC social distancing guidelines, wear masks if they're anywhere close together. We don't want people to be crazy. And frankly, my suggestion is when you see the nut jobs out there, they're they're going to be out there at any kind. Anytime you get a big protest that you distance yourself from them, that you separate yourselves from them, that you tell them that they're not welcome there. That's not the kind of narrative we need. Those people don't represent the movement. The movement is mostly people who are just tired of government having their boot on their neck, and they want to get back to work, and they want to get back out into their communities and their churches and their synagogues. Did you ever think you would see a time like this when we actually have in New Mexico tonight uh, law enforcement, the National Guard, cutting off an entire community? Way worse than I ever imagined in my lifetime, Mark. And I saw media malfeasance during the Tea Party movement, but what they're doing today is a thousand times worse. I mean, it's just I can't even imagine what's going on. I'll tell you a personal story. A guy named Mike works for me personally. My lifelong best friend in San Diego had a Facebook page promoting one of these protests. Plainclothes police officers showed up at his house yesterday to question him, to ask him what he was doing. You know, his wife was home alone. And this is America. It feels like it's Eastern Europe during the Soviet Union. Wait a minute. So they questioned him or his wife? His wife, absolutely. They showed up, knocked on the door. And what did they ask? A couple of guys in plain clothes with badges. You know, they wanted to know why he was posting this stuff on Facebook and what he was doing. Really crazy bad stuff. A protester in North Carolina that I've talked, I've been interviewing him on, on my podcast, Mark, Mark Beckler Show, Post protester in North Carolina who led the group, her name's Ashley Smith, was arrested for standing on the sidewalk. They cuffed her, they roughed her up. I've seen photos of the bruises. These are just police officers who've now been turned into corrupt entities by these politicians. Well, you know, I, I would like to see more law enforcement uh, just say no, uh, Governor, no, Mayor, we're not, or the unions, so or fraternities, so they have a large enough number there, you know, their strength in numbers, as they say, and say, no, we're not, we're not going to do this. These people are not criminals. We're just not going to, we're not going to knock on their doors and ask them why they're posting things. Or, we're just not going to do this. 
Yeah, it seems really strange to me that the police are going along with this. I grew up in a law enforcement family. I have ultimate respect for law enforcement officers. My mom was a cop, and I just it's hard for me to imagine that police officers are going and knocking on law-abiding citizens' doors. I saw uh, in, a, in Georgia somebody sent the police out because a, a person sent their 7-year-old kid next yep. to play with the neighbor's kid. And the way she was treated was disgusting, absolutely disgusting, uh, very threatening. They weren't even apologetic. Look, we have to do this. You sent your kid. Are you aware that there is a uh, stay-at-home order? And she said, yes, I'm sending my kid next door to play with the kid next door. Are you aware that violates it? And she says, uh, no, but I haven't done anything wrong. What's your name? Well, I'm not going to tell you your name. Well, we're going to put you down. You're not cooperating. We're going to put that in our records. So you're not cooperating. I said, holy crap. What the hell is going on here? Yeah, Mark, this is what the video looked like in North Carolina. This woman, Ashley Smith, she's a homeschooling mom of four. I mean, she's just your average homeschool mom. And she asked if she was allowed to stand on the sidewalk, which, of course, she is. It's a public sidewalk. They wouldn't answer her. She asked repeatedly. She finally said, fine, then I'm going to stand on the sidewalk. They grabbed her, threw her up against the fence. While she was being arrested, she told them that the police that they ought to be ashamed of themselves. They're an embarrassment to the United States, to the Constitution, to North Carolina. So they charged her with resisting arrest for saying those things. Are there any good judges left in this country? I worry about that, Mark, honestly. One of the things we're trying to do, I've been talking to a couple of different legal organizations. I want to make sure that people have somebody that they can call if this kind of stuff happens. Uh, We're going to do our best to get somebody engaged. Hopefully by tomorrow people can look at OpenTheStates.com and we're going to have some legal resources for them there by tomorrow. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible to me. Mark Meckler, thank you for your help, sir. You take care of yourself. God bless you, Mark. Thanks for having us on. You too. Unbelievable. Next week, we're having Jenny Beth Martin of Tea Party Patriots, because I think it's important for these grassroots groups to get involved now in a uh, in a positive and affirmative way uh, to advance our liberty, to take our liberty back, if you will. We don't just talk behind the microphone here. We try and get things done. But it is shocking. Absolutely shocking what's going on now in some of these states. George, Long Beach, California, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA, where we are live and national. Go. George, go. Oh, hi. My name is uh, George McCoy. Yeah, we know. Go ahead. Tell us what's cooking. Okay, what's cooking is uh, I was down in Huntington Beach for the, uh, for the uh, Open California Again rally. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. There were over 2,000 people on the ground. Um, they had to walk miles to get to the city because the, the police were ordered to lock the city down. There were states. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm well familiar with this area since my daughter and son-in-law and grandchildren used to live. They locked down Huntington Beach? Uh, pretty much. They turned PCH into a one-lane-on-each-side highway. And you could not get into the city itself, the downtown area. All the streets were blocked. So they made it as difficult as possible for people to gather and protest against their government. My, my wife and I uh, run a blog, and we walked uh, about two miles to get to downtown. And we interviewed a lot of people. What I found very interesting is a lot of the protesters were millennials. Mm-hmm. And, and what I found very interesting about that is they were changing from 
getting involved and being progressive to understanding that these son of a bitches took their liberties back or from them. They never appreciated liberty till it was gone. Mm-hmm. And they were mad as hell. Boy, I'll tell you what, this is a very good call because this should give uh, parents, grandparents, even strangers who, who know uh, some, some young people, some millennial types, this should be a perfect lesson for them and explain who's doing what. That right. this, this whole idea of democratic socialism is tyranny, it's totalitarianism, and it is spreading in these blue states. It's spreading as, as fast as this virus. In fact, it's spreading faster. All right, George, I appreciate your call, sir. Let's continue. John Oswego, Illinois, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Mark, the great one you truly are. Well, thank you. Humpty the Dumpty, J.B. Pathetic. That's right, I said it. Pathetic. This guy is so... All right, all right, all right. You're blowing my my headphones off. Tell me me about this guy. Go ahead. My blood's boiling. You live in his state. Go ahead. I know, but if this guy's in a room by himself, he still couldn't practice social distancing. <laughs> All right. Thanks for your call. I, I, he wanted to say some other things, but he's not getting there. I appreciate it, John. I really do. But we've got to move fast. Let's continue. Nita, Paducah, Kentucky, the great WVLK country. Go right ahead. You're on, Nita. Oh, yes, sir. Um... A few days ago, the governor of Kentucky announced that we would start wearing masks on May 11th, that you had to wear one when you went out. And somebody said, he said, we'll continue to wear the mask up until they find a vaccine. Nita, let me ask you a question. The liberals say that the voter ID will suppress the voters because a lot of people can't afford the voter ID. Can everybody afford a mask? Yes, sir. No is the answer. The same people who can't afford voter IDs, plastic little cards, I assume they can't afford the mask. But yeah. notice, notice their logic. <clears throat> when, they, when they put down their iron fist, boy, you better comply. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Your governor of Kentucky is another left-wing Democrat hack. That's exactly what he is. He won by about three and a half votes, unfortunately. And there he is. You have to wear a mask until a vaccine is available? I mean, good Lord. Well, let's hope he wears a mask. All right, my friend. Thanks for your call. We'll be right back. Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong. And I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. 
That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. So a couple of things. Please don't forget this Sunday night. Just for Sunday night, just once, we're back to our old time, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, and we have a blockbuster show. The entire focus of the show is media, and who better than me? I wrote on Freedom of the Press. Joe Concha, who is the media writer for The Hill, and he is really good. Brent Bozell, who's been doing this for 30-some years. All three of us, so I hope you'll, you'll check in with us. And also, don't forget my podcast. I want to encourage all of you listening to me right now to download the podcast so you have it, just in case. You go to my website, marklevinshow.com. Click on Audio Rewind. It's in the middle of the top of the homepage. Pick your podcast page. A lot of people like Apple Podcasts, but you can pick Google Podcasts or Stitcher. Unfortunately, we have a caller here. Let's take his name and number there, Mr. Producer. Ignacio from Providence, Rhode Island. You know what he's telling us? He already got two mail-in ballots with the wrong name on them. Here's the problem with the mail-in vote. The state, the incompetent state bureaucrats and politicians... And some of this won't even be my mistake. Sending too many ballots to homes, sending ballots to people who don't deserve them or shouldn't use them, uh, uh, sending ballots to the wrong people. That's the problem with mail-in voting. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. And we'll talk more about it next week. In honor of you.
week is officially over. The weekend begins now. Don't forget, Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific Time, just this Sunday. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all you folks that have helped us through this. God bless you. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. Way too many of those beauties. Folks, have a wonderful weekend. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. And good night, Leo. God bless each and every one of you. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.